Well, hello, American Farmsteaders. This is Jenny with the Gramstead Family Farm, and I am here with my friend Donna from Hazelbell Farm. Hi. And uh, we are glad to be chatting with y'all today. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to start this um, whole little chat um, with just a little bit of housekeeping stuff. Yeah. Um, we are, um, well, first I'll tell y'all what we're talking about today. We're talking about our favorite things on the homestead. Mm-hmm. Um, and in complete opposite of that, with the housekeeping stuff, we will talk about our least favorite thing, <laughs> and that is technical things. Technology <laughs> is not our friend at all. No, technology is not our friend. We've been dealing with some sound issues um, with our recording, and we're really trying to brainstorm and figure it out so it yeah. sounds as best as it can. Yeah. Um, so we're working on it. If we sound awful and echoey, we're sorry. We're trying. <laughs> we're trying. We think we have, if you've been listening, we had a static issue. We think we have that figured out. Yep. Um, so now it's the echo and the, I know last week it sounded like we had marbles in our mouths. I don't know what that was. I don't even know. But I hope, I hope we have it figured out here. So we'll see. Yes. Hopefully we have it all figured out. <laughs> I doubt that. But no, I know. No. <laughs> <laughs> or when we do something else will come up. <laughs> All right. Well, um, so yeah, there's that. Some other housekeeping issues. Uh, we have a chicken butcher class coming up. Yes. Um, there In are like two weeks. Yeah, I think it is two weeks. It's July 20... I think 23rd. 3rd, whatever that, right? that Saturday is. Yeah, yeah at 10 o'clock um, at my farm on, if you're local, it's right on Highway 21 in Keystone Heights, kind of between Middleburg and Keystone. And, um, we do have some slots available. I will start posting now. Hey guys, look at this event (laughs) because, um, now that I know we have chickens to butcher, yes, (laughs) I'll talk about that in a little bit, but yes, we have that and we are nailing down dates for future canning classes and that as well too. Yes. It's coming. Yes. It's all coming. So make sure y'all are checking out our Facebook page, um, because that's where all of the classes are posted. Yeah. Under the events section, um, you can find the events there and just follow the directions and sign up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, other than that, of course, if you want to send us an email, you can always send us an email. Yeah. Um, so now that all the boring stuff, yeah, what's... all the technical stuff is out of the way, we are going to talk about our favorite things on the homestead. Yep. Yep. Um, which should be a fun topic, I think. I think so, too. So we prepared differently. We did. <laughs> we did, but that's okay because we're different. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. So, um, you know, we often are asked, like, how do, you, um, how do you get around this issue? What's your favorite way to do whatever? What's your favorite garden tool? That kind of thing. So we both kind of compiled a, a short list yes. of our favorite things. And I did it in a way of asking the question, what's your favorite garden tool? <laughs> and Jenny probably just made a list of her favorite garden tools. <laughs> that kind of thing. So, um, so you start. You start with what is your first favorite thing? Um, well, the first thing that came to my mind, and it probably came to my mind because it's kind of what I have coming up and going on right now, um, is my garden journal. 
Oh. I love my garden journal and I love to open the garden journal and like actually draw out my garden. Yeah. And where is everything going to go? And every season that I plant a garden, I do this. It's something that I've done every year. Mm -hmm. Um, If I do a spring and a fall winter garden, I'll do separate plans for those. And it's just fun to look back at them and see like the progression of like the crop rotation. Mm-hmm. And so I love to draw it out and label it and color it and yeah. highlight it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am hit or miss with that. Um, my problem with a journal, there are some years that I'm super, super consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I write down everything. Like I'll keep a daily log of this is what happened in the garden today. I saw these oh. germinate. I harvested whatever. And so it kind of is, um, it's a journal. I mean, it's a, yes. it's a little calendar log so that next year that's nice on this date, I can see what was going on. Yeah. Um, that works really well. If you're consistent, that yeah. does not work so well to be something to rely on. Um, if you're not consistent. So a lot of times I just like get tired of doing that or I, I didn't do it for this many days or weeks or whatever. And I just, kind of throw it away. Yeah. (laughs) So I do always, (laughs) it is a great idea though. Yeah. I do always, well, I say always until more recently, but I usually do a a big drawing of the garden also. Mm -hmm. And these are how many beds I have and this is how much space I have. Mm -hmm. And so this is how many green bean plants I can put in. And, um, and then when those come out, what's going to go in next. And I, I do like to do that too. Yeah. And something about the colors and the, I, I do. I enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> Labeling it. And, yeah. and two, I mean, it, it helps me stay on track too. Like when you have a big garden, yeah. you know, if you go ahead and plan it out, you know, you just work on one bed at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know, you don't lose focus of the end goal mm-hmm. when it's all drawn out. I think what gets me too with that is when the garden doesn't go according to what my plan was. <laughs> You know, like it didn't, it didn't read the journal. Right. (laughs) And and so, and I I get sidetracked and, you know, oh, well this bed got bad soil in it or um, whatever I planted in there just didn't do well. Right. I have some holes there that I can go back and fill, but um, yeah, I think, I think that always snags me up a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So that, that's cool. Your garden journal. That is awesome. Um, well, I mentioned garden tool, my favorite garden tool. This is going to sound so stupid, but, um, it's just my little spade, my little hand spade. Yeah. That is my favorite garden tool. Nice. I chop bugs with it. I dig holes with it. I mix compost with it. I do everything with just my hand Mm -hmm. spade and I have one good one that I really like. And if I can't find it, it's like the end of the world. Um, I mean, obviously I could use something else, but yeah, I don't have one right now. See, I didn't have one all spring. Really? Yeah. I, my favorite garden tool is my pitchfork. Uh huh. Um, but a spade would be super helpful. Yeah. I don't know how you're gardening (laughs) without a spade. I mean, we use our hands a lot. Yes. Shovel one, shovel two, which are my hands. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, that does work. That does work. Um, I really don't care to stick my hand in the middle of the, um, whatever I'm stirring up. No, you know, (laughs) no, no. I have a stir stick out there for like when I'm doing like a Uh wet fertilizer, like chicken poo water or something like that. I have a stir stick, which is like a yardstick size 
piece of lumber or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like a piece of trim board you found. Hey, that's a good stick. Right. I think right now it's a cut section of like a metal pole. Yeah. Um, so that's funny. Yeah. That is funny. But yeah, my pitchfork is my favorite garden tool by far. Mm-hmm. I mean, I use it as a broad fork. I mm-hmm. use it to, um, you know, run along the top of my beds to make lines, like to lines. seed yeah. stuff in. Yeah. yeah. Um, I use my pitchfork a lot. It works like a rake. Yep. Yep. It works like a shovel. It, yeah, pitchfork does get used a lot at our at our farm, too. Yeah. Um, and then a scuffle hoe. I, I can't I, get by without my scuffle hoe. That would probably be number two on my list. Mm-hmm. Especially yep. early springtime. Yep. Yep. I agree. I agree. All right. What do you got next on your list? So one of my favorite things about gardening in particular is a bowl of cherry tomatoes. Mm. A good variety. Like every year I try to grow different varieties and I just love a big bowl of cherry tomatoes. Mm-hmm. All the different colors. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the different I lo- sizes, the different sizes. Yeah. Um, I love to have them just on my kitchen Island for snacking and just for the beauty of them. Yep. I love a bowl of cherry tomatoes. It's one of my favorite things to grow, I would say. And I like to use them more in like in salads than mm-hmm. a slicer tomato. Like I used oh, yeah. to use because, um, they're not as watery. Yeah. And I don't. I don't necessarily need all that in my salad. Yeah, no, I get way more uses out of my cherry tomatoes than I do my slicers. And mm-hmm. if I want tomatoes for my sandwiches, I usually just go with my Chadwick cherries, which are a big cherry tomato. Mm-hmm. And then you get bite-sized slices of tomato. Right. You know, you don't bite your whole tomato off your sandwich. Right. They're so versatile. Yeah. The cherries. They're yep. good. I mean, because you could, you could also use the cherries in sauces and canning and all of that, too. Mm-hmm. And we do. Mm-hmm. We do. They're, they're extremely versatile. And I'll tell you another thing that I love about tomatoes. My favorite smell mm. is the smell of a tomato plant. Mm-hmm. I think somebody should make a perfume. <laughs> It'll be like a, um, like a Yankee candle. <laughs> you know? That's such a great right? idea. <laughs> they have such odd, you know, like the most <laughs> random. I remember when I was a, I was a kid and um, I loved... Um, that fresh cut grass and they had a scent fresh cut grass. Yes. <laughs> we burned the little tarts in my bedroom all the time. Yeah. So yeah, tomato vine. Yes. That I just, that, that's my favorite garden summer smell. Mm, I like that too. The smell of soil. Yeah. Yes. Tomato vines. That's cool. On that same note, um, my favorite essential crop are potatoes. Oh, have to grow potatoes. Um, I, and that's more of a, um, like the most bang for your buck. I feel like, um, potatoes and beans, like you're getting, uh, what? <laughs> Unless you're me, I grow the most expensive potatoes oh. on earth. <laughs> <laughs> right. So this year I didn't have a great potato crop, but for the most part, um, potatoes. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the most calories that you can grow, whether it's yeah. white potatoes or sweet potatoes. Yeah. They're hardy. They're starchy. Yeah. They're easy to, uh, preserve or, um, yeah. save. Yeah. I really need to work on my potato growing skills. Yeah. Yeah. And beans, beans are, um, yeah. Also easy to get a bunch of mm-hmm. for the time and the money you put in. Mm-hmm. And so those are, those are some go-to essential crops of mine. 
Yeah, I would I would for sure agree on the green beans and for us it's peas. Mm-hmm. Green beans, black beans, zipper peas. Mm-hmm. Those are our spring, summer staple crops. Yep. And cherry tomatoes. Cherry tomatoes, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, everything else is just kind of like nice to have. Yeah. You know, you get a few carrots. A few eggplants. A few, you know, cucumbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you're not going to be sustained no. in that if you, if you had to live out of your garden. No. Potatoes could can sustain. Right. And so, and, and bean, like legume beans mm-hmm. too. So that's mm-hmm. kind of how we look at it. Yep. What is your favorite animal to raise for food? Hmm. I know. That is, um, that's a toss up. Um, (laughs) I have kind of a toss up too. So my favorite, like for a production, um, low cost, fast turnover is not something that I'm currently raising. So quail would be my favorite for that. Okay. Um, they are, they are excellent. They are cheap. They, um, don't take a lot of feed. They don't take a lot of space. They don't take a lot of time. They don't take a lot of money. And that's a lot of perks and they grow super fast. So you have a constant influx of meat. Okay. And, um, that's why, that's why I like them. I like quail. They're easy. They're so fast to process. They cook faster than a whole chicken. You know, I can cook a dozen quail on the grill faster than I can cook a chicken for my family. So, um, it is a toss up for me too, because I'm not growing those right now. Right. Um, I haven't in a couple of years, but, um, the other obviously is my milk cow for food. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Cows are up there on my list. Mm -hmm. We are just really enjoying the ruminant meat mm-hmm. animals, the sheep and the cows. Yeah. Um, I really like the sheep because they have a quicker turnover mm-hmm. than a cow. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, you can give you two lambs a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you can have those hanging in eight months. Right. Whereas a cow, you know, it's going to take you know, they got a longer pregnancy. They're not going to have, well, they could, I guess, have one calf a year, but that would really, really be pushing it. I think Yeah. on my farm, I'm not that managed. We're not that managed either. Um, and there's a whole bunch of different logistics that play into that for us, but for like a regular rancher, they, you're usually going to calf once a year, once a year. Yeah. That's highly managed. Right. You know, Right. We're not that managed. <laughs> no. And I have like, I'm like I said, I'm there's, okay with that. <laughs> there's a lot of logistics that, that play in that. And like the biggest thing for me is like my milk cow, she doesn't come back. She doesn't cycle back with her heat cycles and okay. for like four months after she delivers. So if she were to take right away, she would barely make it every year. A year. Right. Well, no, she wouldn't. It would be more than a year. It'd right. be more than a year. Yeah. So, and yeah. she, and she never has right away. It's, it's usually a little longer. So, yeah. So I guess for that reason, yeah, I could see the lambs. sheep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The lambs. Yeah. That's why we started raising lambs. Honestly, mm-hmm. is because, um, we were doing the beef thing and like, there's a lot of waiting. <laughs> there's a lot of waiting. <laughs> in lot beef, of, I know there's a lot of patience required there. Yeah. Somebody was asking me, um, you know, like just talking beef cows and stuff like that. And they, um, you know, asked me what I was going to have ready soon. And I thought about it and I was like, Oh, Mm. 
the no. quickest thing that we're going to have ready now after August. I mean, once August hits, mm-hmm. we'll be done for a while. We'll be done for us too. I mean, at the soonest, probably eight months. Yeah, we have. Um, well, well, I'm. I just picked up beef, but that's going to go in boxes. Um, I'm yeah. taking one next week, so I will have some beef in August. But other than that, yeah. I think we're going to be done for a while too. After August, we're going to really slow down. Yeah. Um, which is fine. You know, it ebbs and flows, mm-hmm. but I think by the time my cows slow down, we'll have a couple lambs to process. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll yeah. be good. Yeah. We're going to be focused more on the milk side at our farm. Yeah. So as far as like what generates income <laughs> yeah, um, and what to like really focus on that and chickens, I really want to take chickens bigger chickens. Yeah. I know. I've been thinking that too. And the only thing that's really holding us back from wanting to do more chickens on a regular basis is the cost of feed. Right. Right now. Right. Um, and that's, and that's a, that's a big one. That's a the big it's thing. Bi- it's huge. Yeah. It's huge right now, you know, because I've always like, whenever I try to price stuff, um, that I'm going to sell off of my farm and, and really with any time I'm selling anything, it's, I always start with asking myself, what would I want to pay for this? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'd like to keep prices down as low as I can Mm -hmm. where I would feel comfortable purchasing that item. Mm -hmm. And chicken feed just isn't, you know, set up right now with the prices to be able to do it super affordably. (laughs) It's just not. It's It's just not. not. It's not. It's not at all. We just went up on price on some of the things that we sell off of our farm because of the cost of feed. Yeah. And when I sat down to figure out what do I need to charge, um, like for milk, for example. And so I, I, okay, I went up a little bit and then I looked back at our numbers over the last quarter and was like, I have been losing money. Yeah. Yeah, but then I've been if losing you, money for if, about six months. Right, but so. if you price it like where it needs to be, I kind of feel bad about it. I'm right. like, oh, I feel bad charging that much, right. and then I'm like, wait, no, right. don't feel bad because that's what it. That's what it is. It's what it is. Right. The prices are just crazy right now. Yeah. So yeah, it is. Which it is, is another reason why I guess lambs are my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, the lambs and the our sheep, they are the most grass-fed animal on our farm. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm moving towards strictly grass-fed yeah. with them. So, um, mm-hmm. and they've been off grain for a while now. Mm-hmm. I'd say I'm graining my one you who yeah. um, recently lambed and she yeah. wasn't getting grain before that. And most of what she's getting is not grain. Most of it is alfalfa yeah. and beet pulp. Yeah. Um, she gets like, honestly, it's a literal cup worth cups worth of grain, yeah. which is just like a sweet pellet all stock kind of thing added in. Yeah. And, um, she's doing well on that. And now her little, um, little you lamb is eating with her. And so she's not getting all of it. Right. So <laughs> yeah, that little, that little lamb's a little, she's a chunk. Is she? She is a chunk, a chunk. <laughs> she's so cute. Very good. Yeah. She's That's very cool. Sweet. Yeah. So yeah, the lambs are, um, economical. They, they do really well in grass. The, the kind, yeah. the breeds that we have, you and yeah. I, um, they do extremely well in grass. My little rams, um, they're not getting any grain at all unless by accident. Yeah. I mean, you know, like they got out and got in the grain or something <laughs> <laughs> that does happen. <laughs> but what's your yeah. next favorite thing? My next favorite thing is learning a new skill 
or finding a new use for something that you had not been using it for. Oh, okay. And like, yesterday I learned a new use for basil. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching um, Roots and Refuge. And she had a friend on that was um, teaching her how to make basil tea. Yeah. I've been loving my basil tea. I've never made basil tea. I did Mm. not even know that basil tea was a thing. I have been having, uh, like, using my Tulsi basil in the evenings. Mm -hmm. And I need to research this because I don't know. But I'm thinking it's helping me sleep. Oh. Yeah. I I don't know, but I'm, I'm pretty out of it pretty soon after I have my Tulsi tea. That is awesome. Yeah. And I'm glad because, you know, um, going to sleep is not something I normally have an issue with, Mm -hmm. but, um, my body, I guess probably with age is a little more sensitive to caffeine than it used to be. And Mm -hmm. I haven't figured out how to stop drinking the coffee early enough in the day. And so there are times where I have a hard time going to sleep and I started picking up the melatonin, which was I was super sensitive to at first, but your body builds resistance to that. Mm. And so like I'm increasing the milligrams on the melatonin, but I have found in the, probably the last six weeks that I think the Tulsi helps me sleep. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sticking with it. (laughs) So, (laughs) So I haven't been using the melatonin at all. Okay. And I'm drinking a lot of coffee. So, so how do you make your basil tea? I just um, pick it and rinse it and put it right in the hot water yeah. out of my Keurig yeah. and let it sit for a few minutes. I don't use like a fancy tea ball or bags okay. or I don't like I have a French press. I haven't been using it. I just stick it right in the hot water and drink around the little floating yeah. leaves and okay. even flowers. Okay. So. Yeah, they were making, um, they were using the half gallon mason jars. Mm-hmm and putting one to two cups of basil in the bottom of the mason jar. Mm -hmm. Um, It depended on, they did four different varieties. Mm -hmm. They had uh, the Tulsi, I think holy basil. That's the same thing, yeah. Citrus. Mm. Oh, yeah. Maybe a blue one. There's a lemon basil. That would be so good. Yeah. And there's a lime basil. Oh. There's a cinnamon basil. This makes me want to get some more basil. I have a bunch of basil seeds. I haven't started, but yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, I think I just have like that, you know, those store general varieties, like a sweet basil or is it Genevieve? Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they were doing one to two cups in a Mason jar and putting, uh, just off the boil water over it and letting it sit for like 20 or 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, and then putting a cup of honey Mm -hmm. and lemon juice. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah. So then did they did they chill it and serve it cold? Yeah, she said after you get it all combined, you stick it, it in like the fridge, you can do like an iced tea. That's how they were drinking it. Okay. As a cold iced tea. Yum. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Gonna... So I, yeah. So I love it when you can figure out new things. Yeah. Um, when you said that, I thought you meant like with the junk we collect on the farm. <laughs> You know, that's you know what cool I mean? too. Like repurposing stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's what I thought you meant. Yeah, that is cool too. Yeah. And then my other favorite new skill has to be tanning hides. Oh, that is and, super cool. I mean, who knew that I would find that that interesting? And I really enjoy doing that. Yeah. It's relaxing. I wonder, um, so when you do, are you considering doing a lamb hide? Yes. 
So that's a thinner skin than a cow. It is. It's more like a buckskin, mm -hmm. and you can get, you know, a softer version. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen a couple of videos where a girl makes little bathroom rugs right. out of the white lambs. You mentioned that before. And she brushes them out, and they're really pretty. Mm -hmm. So, but I don't know how... I don't just don't know how that would work around here. I mean, my floors are dirty. Our feet oh, are dirty. Oh yeah, I couldn't put it on the floor. You know, like maybe like to I love a, I love the, the idea. Kind of throw or that would be cool. Something like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. I don't maybe know. like a little um, to cover the arms. Right on the chairs. Right. You know, you could probably do something like that. Um, so yeah, I just think it's cool to learn a new skill. I like it. Yep. I don't have any new skills lately. I don't think. Oh, I can't think of anything I've learned new other than, um, well, our big thing right now is working on regenerative grazing. Yes. I mean, but that's, that I feel like is never going to be anything that I have perfected in this lifetime. Like, I think that that's something, it's like golf. <laughs> like you can always get better at yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, regenerative, regenerative grazing. Um, I mean, it's always changing, right? You know, you're always moving animals. Right. You're always, you know, going to open up a new area essentially because it's an area that they haven't been in in a while. And, right. You know, so it's it's constantly changing. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the skill that we are working on. Yeah. And I would say that the skill that I want to do is to get better at butcher. Yes. I, I would really like to. And lambs is something that I can work on because that's a smaller thing. I've tried to talk my people into letting me, <laughs> letting me butcher um, deer you know, when they slaughter deer, but the deer that we get here, like there's, you're not getting cuts off of those deer. Like, no, like you're not up in the Midwest, you know, no. or out, out West, West where they have like large mule deer and there's like cuts of meat you can yes. get off of those animals here. It's like, you got a tenderloin and you got some ground meat and that's about it. Yeah. There's or not, stew meat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So yeah. we are, um, I really, I really want to learn more and even like hogs are like that as well your wild hogs you're not really going to get cuts off of around here mm -hmm. um they're so incredibly lean that um you can't really like cut pork chops off of a wild hog but um so the times that we've had those things that are a good animal for me to practice on is like it's just not the right animal right because essentially you're wanting to do nice cuts right. for the dinner plate yeah 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 it's so different you know and lamb i think is a great place to start with that i think so i mean we've only done one mm -hmm. but um you know and tori pretty much did the whole thing from start to finish by himself he was he was into it and I looking think he forward did a beautiful to, job he did do a great job cutting the little um steaks out of it mm -hmm. and we didn't get much ground like we got mm -hmm. a lot of cuts out of that we ended up with a lot of roast mm -hmm. um and then of course those little baby t-bone looking steaks mm -hmm. they are so good mm -hmm. <laughs> that sounds amazing so lamb is a good yeah, so butcher butcher's a skill that I would like to work yeah. on um, as I could put in quote unquote favorites. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It's a weird thing to have as a favorite, I guess. But I know, that's I'm how a I weirdo. feel. That's how I feel about the hide tanning thing. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. If you're cringing right now, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a weirdo. Oh. 
Um, well, speaking of like butchering things, uh, one of the things on my favorites list is has to do with homemade bacon, mm-hmm. um, which we've only done a couple of times, but I really like our homemade bacon that we do. I mean, the bacon that we get from the butcher is really great mm-hmm. also, um, but I don't know. I guess there's just something in preparing it yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, that makes it so good. Um, but I love to saute. One of my favorite dishes that comes out of the garden is, um, sauteing either mustard greens or zipper peas in homemade bacon and and homegrown onions. Yum. Yum. Potatoes. Anything in homegrown bacon is good. Yes. (laughs) I mean, it's all good. It's all good. That leads to my favorite, um, quick meal from the farm. Quick oh. meal on the farm or okay. from the farm, whatever. Okay. Yeah, I like to do breakfast casserole. And so uh, that's what we did for dinner last night, actually. Okay. Um, on the fly, we got home late. Right. And had some potatoes already cooked, um, like like potato, chopped potatoes already cooked right. um, as a leftover. So um, I put those in the pan with some bacon grease. Because mm-hmm. you don't throw that away, no. ladies. You never... <laughs> Ever <laughs> throw away the bacon grease. So I um I reheated them in bacon grease in the pan. They crisped up a little bit. I saute or I um, browned some sausage. Okay. Threw that in and a whole onion. Threw that in, mixed all that together, and then I don't know, a dozen eggs, eight or twelve eggs. Yeah. Scrambled, add cheese. Sounds really good. It's so fast and easy and yeah. it's amazing. It's so that's like everybody loves it all the time. Anytime I say like breakfast casserole, they're like, oh, okay. Right. And then we sit down and eat and they're like, man, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's, yeah, that's one of my favorite nice. quick and fast things. So if we talked about canned potatoes before, those are already cooked. That's a great thing to use to throw in yeah. to breakfast casserole. Those are such a time saver. Yeah. And that will feed a crowd. So like on the weekends, if we have all Extra the children, kids, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and those boys, man, they can eat. I can, I can easily double that into two nine by 13s and they'll clean it out. Yeah. So you could do bacon, you could do sausage, you could add peppers, you could do any vegetables or right. mushrooms or whatever you want in there. Nice. And it's, it's good and easy. It sounds super yummy. And just in the oven till the cheese is hot and bubbly and the eggs are cooked. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I do, I do it at like 400 for 15, 20 minutes. Not bad. It's, and it's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you could probably even make some of those ahead of time. Yeah. Throw them in the freezer. Yeah. That, that would work. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or stir fry. Like just saute all the veggies yeah. in the bacon grease. Yes. Yes. <laughs> or, that or is in so the good butter. Too. We use butter, but yeah, any, in, in some kind of good fat in the pan, any, uh-huh. whatever vegetables are coming in, we like to do a stir fry. Yes. And then some meat. Yeah. And then the next thing on my favorite list, believe it or not, is my favorite feeling. Okay. And it's the feeling that you get from a homegrown meal. Yeah. That's my favorite feeling. That was the next thing on my list. I totally agree. I did that on purpose. It was a nice segue, wasn't it? (laughs) Yeah, I agree. That's my favorite thing. Yes. It is just so satisfying to sit down and have a meal and just know that you did it all yourself. It came right out of your backyard. Mm Mm-hmm. I agree. It's so satisfying. Mm-hmm. Or to have a party and people go, well, tell me the things that came off of your farm. Like they're looking yes. at the spread of food. Yes. Well, <laughs> a lot of the food is brought in because it's usually like potluck style. But yeah. Right. Well, okay. 
Mm -hmm. I used our eggs and I used our butter and I used our Mm -hmm. milk and I used Mm -hmm. our meat and I used our, you know, whatever, tomatoes and onions. And, um, and there, a lot of times they were just like floored. (laughs) Yes. And Thanksgiving is a really great time to Uh try to like pull something like that off. Um, you know, like if you've been saving stuff from the summer garden and we did that one year, a lot of our side dishes were real heavy on homegrown stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the year that we had our own Turkey, Mm -hmm. um, which I love the idea of, but turkeys, I've scrapped it for this year after I lost all those chickens was like, I'm not. And you lost your big turkey. And we lost our big turkey. Right. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe next year. I don't know. We'll see what life brings next year. Yeah. I hate to make plans that far in advance. Well, and hopefully feed prices go down. Mm -hmm. And it'll make it a little bit uh, easier. Yeah. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. I'm not counting on that, but we'll see. So Um, what's next on your list? um, One of my favorite homestead books. Um, yeah. So like I have several, um, books that, you know, are specific to one skill or another. And so like the dairy book or even the cheese book, or I have all of those, you know, the butcher book. Um, but the one book that kind of covers all the things, um, for kind of like the jack of all trades that you have to be on a homestead Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is Carla Emery's Encyclopedia Mm -hmm. for Country Living. That's a great book. Mm -hmm. I mean, legit, everything is in that book. There's stuff in there I've never heard of. Yeah. No, I mean, it is really interesting just to sit down and open that book. There's like how to perfectly stew a wild turtle. (laughs) I mean, there's like, there's so many crazy things that you would never think that you would need to look at. But then there's also very practical things like sewing a buttonhole. Mm -hmm. Um, So like the the variety of skills, it just runs the Mm -hmm. gamut from Mm -hmm. all the different things that you need to know. And then it, it goes on to say like, like maybe I'm not sure if it talks about beekeeping I'm sure it does it has to but somewhere like it might say like I don't have all the details in here where the author you know said I don't have first right. experience with this but listen to this interview I did with this beekeeper nice. or let me direct you to the right the right avenues um to get the information that you need kind of thing so yeah I love that book um the one that I have was my grandfather's copy. That's a pretty cool copy. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's really neat. The pages are brown. Yeah. Um he used it. I mean he it's really he neat. referred to it frequently mm-hmm. back in the seventies. And um gosh, that's that that was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, it was a long time ago. And I just think that's really cool that you have his copy of that book. Yeah, I, I love, love that. It. it was like one of his prized possessions, apparently. Uh-huh. I don't uh-huh. know. He didn't refer to it much by the time um, I knew him as, mm-hmm. you know, a, a young adult or an older, a teenager. But um, I knew it was his and I knew it was special. And then when my grandmother was cleaning out some things, my mom got it. And I called dibs on it right? <laughs> pretty quickly. Like, that's mine. That's not going to Goodwill. <laughs> so. Well, and you can tell that it was a well-loved book. Oh, yeah. The pages yeah. are tattered. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's, cool. It, it's my favorite. So it's, it's full of information. You can get a new revised copy. I know mm-hmm. you have one. Mm-hmm. Um, so if y'all are looking for something like that, the Encyclopedia mm-hmm. for Country Living, um, well worth every penny. Absolutely. By Carla Emery, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. Carla Emery. And so my favorite book 
is right behind me and it goes back to trying to learn that new skill that we're both trying to implement more on our farm, uh, Mm -hmm. rotational grazing. Mm -hmm. And so this book is called The Art and Science of Grazing Mm -hmm. and I'm going to grab it real quick. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to need a Um, copy of that. (laughs) It is by Sarah Flack. And I love it because it is full of really, really great pictures. Oh, nice. Um, It basically, throughout the book, follows um, different farms that have a rotational grazing, um, you know, plan in place. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it tells you where they are, what their climate's like, how many acres they have, how many paddocks, what they're running, Mm -hmm. how they're rotating their animals. And it gives pictures of different examples of things that they're talking about just throughout the book like really heavy so you can see like this is what you want this particular grass to look like Mm -hmm. when you take your animals off of it right you know this is what it looks like when you put them on it right and it's a really great book with a lot of good information about rotational grazing. Nice. Yep. It's Chelsea Green Publishing, I see. I have a lot of books published by Chelsea Green. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Nice. Yes, that's a great company. They have a lot of homestead books. You can just search for, under that publisher. Um, they have, I think they published all of the um, stories books for like the stories yeah. book of sheep and, mm-hmm. and cows and mm-hmm. what, you know, all of those. So Yes, I think I have the beef cattle, the stories beef cattle. That's another good book. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, how are we doing on time? Um, We're only at 37 minutes. Oh, so we can share like what's going on with our farm. Yeah, we're doing good. Yeah, absolutely. Did you cover all of your favorites? The only other thing I have on there for a favorite is the moment anything is born. Oh, yeah. You know, like if you have a lamb that's going to be born or a calf or the pigs. I mean... Those baby piglets when they were born, that was just the coolest thing. Yeah. That was that was so much fun. I, I love that. I have to say, that. even like, I'm not, even though we don't love cats. Yes. <laughs> when we had kittens, it was, it was exciting. Yes. It was Any, just as fun. Yes. Any babies on the farm are just amazing. Yeah, it is. New life is always <laughs> amazing. I agree. We're on, um we're not like on calf watch but hazel's getting closer she's getting close she's getting close i don't see like imminent signs okay. um her udder is filling okay she her belly is dropping um and those things are happening sooner than i've seen her do in the past okay so that's exciting but i mean like we're, we watch her tail ligaments and that's all still intact so and so she's what two weeks away from her due date is that right about two yeah, I think about two and a about half. About two and a half. Okay. Yeah. I, That's so exciting. I'm giving her, we're taking bets and guesses at, okay. at, at our house. <laughs> and I'm guessing, she's due the 25th. Okay. And I'm guessing she's going to go 10 days early. So the okay. 15th. That would be about a week. About a week now. away. Yeah. yeah. Um, and who is she bred to? She's bred, we did artificial insemination. Okay. To an Angus bull called something Excalibur. Okay. Um, He's supposed to be a good low birth weight bull. So we nice. we used him on um, our hazel. And actually, the next one that's due right after her is Rose. She's a heifer, first-time okay. heifer. And so she's a nice, beefy-looking girl. She's just a mutt. Like, everybody thinks she's a right. red Angus. She's not. She's a mutt. She's mostly <laughs> Hereford. But, um, yeah, we, we crossed her to the same bull. We used okay. the same, same kind of straw. And we're real excited to see what 
And when does she do? August something. Okay. I want to say it's two weeks after Hazel. Yeah, I mean, not that far away. It's coming. It's coming. Yay. Yeah. (laughs) And then Bella's right after that. um, Very cool. September 1st. Yep. So we'll have babies soon. Okay. Speaking of those babies. And then Dolly's pregnant. Our Holstein. We got okay. that blood work back last night. Okay. Yes, we got that. Wow. So I haven't even figured out her due date, but um, I have to check my calendar. Okay. But So I think today is going to put her at like 39 days bread. Okay. Um, so, Yay. Yeah, that's so that's exciting. That's so exciting. We finally got that done. And who is she bred to? Another Angus bull called Ripper. Okay. So Ripper's bull, also artificial insemination. Ripper's bulls, are, or I'm sorry, Ripper's babies okay. are born on the smaller side uh-huh. that grow fast so that they are at butcher age between six and eight months. Wow. I know. That would be amazing. I said, I want it. <laughs> so the, he, right? he wasn't available <laughs> when, when, when we did Hazel and Rose, so we didn't, we didn't use him. But um, yeah, the pictures of the heifers and the little, the little bulls coming out of this guy, they are amazing. Now, wow. granted, like I'm, cr- I'm crossing him to my dairy girls, so I'm not going to get the same as fast grow out. Right. But the genetics are there. And so, okay. you know, those calves, just like people, like those calves can take more after mom or dad. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what we get. Um, I'm real excited. Dolly being a Holstein, she's, um, she's very big boned. She could handle anything. She's very wide in the hips. Okay. The, the birth canal size is not an issue. Okay. Um, she's a big girl, so she could have handled anything, but, um, we, we chose that Angus for nice. the fast growth. So I'm, I'm hoping we get a, a big, not too big to birth, but a nice fast growing big baby between yes. her bone structure and his muscle structure. Mm-hmm. That'll be good. Yes, that will be good. Yeah. Yay. So, that's exciting. Yeah. We'll have, we'll have four coming over the next, I mean, three soon and one next year. Okay. And then we finally got the Brahma Mama. We okay. Brahma Mama. Yep. Got her tested because her butcher date is actually next week. And um, we started to panic a little bit. Like, I was right. at the point where this sounds really harsh, but I'm the one who deals with her the most. And yes. I started to say, I don't care. Right. <laughs> I don't want to be like that. We don't want to waste the life of a calf. I would much prefer to get the calf, but um, it, we just we're, we're in a time crunch. Um, and we're at a point where I don't want to keep her any more than I have to because she's a liability. Yeah. She's very dangerous. Right. So, um, Eric and his brother came over a few days ago and got the chute moved over near her pen and finagled some cattle panels together to get her in the chute. We Nice. So they built a legit... Oh she, yes, yes. yes. It was a, a perfect little run, and, and she's she's a beast, man. Like she is a beast. If she wanted out of it, she could have gotten out of it. Right. She ran in the chute. The three of us together got it all in working order, Good. and got her squeezed so I could pull blood from her tail, and she didn't. She couldn't kill me, right, or anybody else, <laughs> which was the concern, right. Um, and then yeah, she she right back to where she was supposed to go. Everything went very very smoothly she wasn't happy about it by any means but well yeah it went as good as could could be first stick blood nice um right she went right back to the pen where she was supposed to go followed a bucket and um it was good she is not pregnant Uh, 
Yes. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm so glad. Like for a while, it was like, yes, we got, yes. A, we got a free no, baby kind of. Yeah. But now, no, I'm it's, so glad. So she can leave good. next week. And, that's good. Um, she's a little bit older, past her prime for um, good cuts of roasts and things like that. Yeah. But um, we have a lot of people asking for burger and stew packages. Yeah. So that's what most of what she's, and she's yeah. huge. Nice. She's huge. So we'll have a lot of those packages in August. That'll be great. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad for that. And it'll be one less mouth to feed. Yes. Give me a little bit of um, farm income to keep the feed mm-hmm. bill rolling for the, the other ones that are left. Isn't that the truth? Yeah, and until <laughs> until we actually have something else to sell. like Because like we said, it'll be a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that'll be good. Mm-hmm. So what other good farm news do you have? Let's see. Have anything else? That's all fun stuff. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm super stoked about getting blood pulled, getting Dolly, because that was the second attempt for Dolly. Um, it was like, if it didn't work the second time, it was like, ugh. Yeah, you, I mean, you, mean you can only have so many attempts. Yeah, it just feels so defeating. Um, I had a buyer for Treasury. Okay. Because she's, she's one who we've made the decision to let go of. Yeah. I really don't need three milk cows. Yeah. Um, and they ran into a snag at, with their home and it's just not the right time. And I didn't take a deposit like I should have. And in that time period, turned away some other people. <laughs> so in the end, it sucks, but, um, she, she does not have a home. She's still open and not in milk and just costing me money. So Yes. We might, I might send her to the AI tech's house okay, and let him board her right? Um, so that he can watch for the okay. perfect time and catch her in heat. And um, That might not be a bad way to go. Yeah, I think she needs that or we might do live cover. Um, so we have a, f- a few ranch friends with mm-hmm. bulls who mm-hmm. um, we could either lease their, their bull or we could bring her to their place. Right. So we may do that. Um, we're still talking about it. I don't know. The last option is to beef her. Yes. <laughs> so um, if we have to do that, we'll do that. I mean, I know I'd make a lot more money on her that way. I don't I don't want to do that, though. Right. I mean, because she would make somebody a really great milk cow. Right, right. I mean, farm farm business sense says, yes, feed her out and, right. and send her to butcher. Right. But um, the my heart right. says... But is it her purpose? Right. That's not her purpose. Right. Even though her breed is really good meat. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of ranchers are looking for her breed for meat. So uh-huh. that's where I am. Okay. Yeah. Well, speaking of um, cows that we sit on the fence about, um, now that we've had the Aberdeen Angus, mm-hmm. um, there is a huge difference on the impact on our pasture between the Aberdeen Angus and my full-size Angus. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just starting to sit back and think about our herd. And, you know, because we're only on 10 acres. Part mm-hmm. of that is the area that we live on. Right. You know, so it's not like I have 10 acres of cow pasture. Um, I'm really starting to think about Hershey. She requires really? a lot of input. Mm. Um, she eats... A substantial amount more mm-hmm. than any of the other ones. She's always the hungriest. Right. Um, her hunger is often never satisfied, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially when she's pregnant. Right. Right. <laughs> and um, just her literal footprint on the ground, like she, you know, she'll tear up pasture quicker. Mm-hmm. She'll graze it down further than mm-hmm. any of the other ones. 
And so I'm just starting to kind of wonder, like, mm, minis might be your, is, your fit. Right. Like, is this the best farm for Hershey? Right. Well. But then I think about, okay, well, I've got baby Ruth, which is her calf. Right. Which, I mean, she's getting pretty big, too. And she's a hungry little thing, too. Are you going to keep her or are you going to butcher her? Well, I think maybe she is pregnant. Ruth, okay. Yes, mm. baby Ruth, okay. who is 14 months old. Mm-hmm. I think possibly that she's newly pregnant to our Aberdeen bull. Okay. Um, which would be good because he's smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know <laughs> what I'm going to do with Hershey and baby Ruth, who are both probably, I know for sure Hershey's pregnant. Well, I mean, you'll, you'll, they'll sell fast if you if you advertise them as confirmed bread. Right. You know. But do I want to sell Hershey? Like, right. she's my first cow that I really kind of liked and kept. Right. You know, all the other ones I got sent off to butcher, which yeah. she was originally a butcher cow. Right, right. I remember that. You know? These are hard farm decisions that yes. I think um, is important to share because it, it's hard. It's yeah. Hard. It's hard for us to decide who stays and who goes and um, because... W- what's with, the best fit? What's the best fit? What's using th- your resources the most um, and what's contributing to your farm mm-hmm. the most? Mm-hmm. It's, but it's because it's life, it's hard. Yeah. It's really hard. Yep. It is tough decisions, so mm. we'll see. It's on my brain. Mm-hmm. I honestly don't see me selling her bread. No. Mm-mm. So let her calf first. Yeah, because she's probably going to calf in like, I mean, if she got bred in December, which. Oh, yeah. 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 So it'll yeah. be October. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Right around um, the corner. It's right around the corner. So that's exciting. I can't believe that. I know. Somebody said on July 1st, somebody said New Year's is in six months. <laughs> and I was like, why would you say that? <laughs> right. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah, I can't believe it. Yeah, so that, that'll be right around the corner. Wow. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, really, we wouldn't be doing anything until a calf was weaned. Mm-hmm. I like to keep mine on mamas for at least six months. That's my personal choice. Well, you know how it goes around here. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I mean they, I'm not saying that's what always happens. Right. I said at least. <laughs> I said at least. Yeah, so we have tried to wean baby Ruth off of Hershey twice. Mm-hmm. Um, both times they were separated for a couple of months mm-hmm. and put back together, and baby Ruth goes right back to nursing. And baby Ruth is not a baby. She's 14 months old. And Hershey lets her. And Hershey lets her. Yeah. So... <laughs> You don't need her nursed on now that she's I know. just a couple months out from calving. But now that baby Ruth is um, not a baby and is probably bred, if she's bred, she may not do that now. I, I hear a lot of stories where okay. people say once they're bred, their hormones kind of take over and they won't do that. But I, I feel like that's a 50-50. Right. Um, because old habits die hard. Yeah. <laughs> and, that's, and that's really what it is. Okay. You know? Well, I haven't seen her like have a heat cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, she's looking awfully round. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. She's looking plump. Mm-hmm. So, um, but we didn't get the bull until March. April, May, June, June. I mean, it would be about the time that she would start looking kind of mm-hmm. round. Mm-hmm. But for the first two weeks that we had them, she was not, or no wait, she was with him. 
It was Hershey that wasn't with him. <laughs> right. She was in the front. Hershey was up front. Baby Ruth was in the back with the bull. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. That'll be interesting. That will be. That will be. Hmm. Well, I can't think of anything extra fun. But yeah, you yeah. have new fence going up. I that have, looks great. Yes, yes. We were able to put up some new fencing. Mm-hmm. And so um, it basically will fence off our two sections of woods that we rotationally graze the sheep through. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'll have fence on three sides of those sections of woods and so I'll just have to every time I move the sheep just move one line yeah that'd be nice so that'd be so nice um eventually it would be nice to um continue the fence but you know that probably won't happen for another year Mm -hmm. really Mm -hmm. you know with the cost of lumber so um if we get that fourth side done then we just run hot wires you know Mm -hmm. down the center I love it yep so that was um, really nice to be able to get that fencing put up. Um, and it looks nice. Yes, thank you. It's very pretty. Yeah, we got to finish the posts and put the face plates on it. And I think I might paint it black. Mm, nice. Mm-hmm. We may have a jug of black fence paint. Oh. I'll, look, I'll have Eric look. Yeah, that would be amazing. I don't think we're, we'll be using it. That would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was left behind. Um, it may not have even been the sellers when we bought the house that we're in. Okay. It may have been the sellers of the last house we were in. Okay. Because she had left a bunch of stuff like that too. So that okay. might, I know there was some. I don't know if we still have it or not. Okay. So I'll find out. Yeah. Yeah. So, <clears throat> um, yeah, we're 53 minutes in now. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's about it. Those are some of our favorite things. Yeah. A broody hen. A broody hen. <laughs> I do have it. That's, that's I, the only other exciting thing I can think of is a broody hen. And sometimes that is my favorite thing. So I decided to let her sit. Well, that's good. Yeah. I actually have one sitting right off my porch right now, too. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, hopefully we'll have some baby chicks soon. And hopefully the mama will keep them under her wing <laughs> yeah. and away from the house. Oh, I know. I know. I know. We have eagles right now hanging out at our house. So, okay. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Not so much for the chickens. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all right, y'all. It was nice chatting. Um, We will be back next week. Um, I'm not sure what our topic is next week, but uh, we'll be back. Yep. Thanks for joining us, y'all.